All right, all right. Well, hey, how many of you would just say, man, I'm loving this series on miracles. I think there's been some really cool things that have happened. It's like it's like we've been confronted, I think, in some ways, and we've been asking a lot of questions. Last week, Pastor Pretty even asked the question, why do some miracles happen for some and not others? Big questions we're being confronted with and confronted in our faith. But what I really sense is happening is the level of faith is rising in our church. The level of hope, hopefulness in Jesus is rising. And uh, I'm so glad that we are tackling such an awesome part of the scriptures and who Jesus is. And I think it's funny how sometimes we talk about miracles. I don't know if you're like me, but like when you're in a hurry and you're driving somewhere and you find a parking spot that's like right in front next to the door, when you're late, you're like, it's a miracle. Anybody been there? Or um, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're, you just like uh, had a baby. Like for instance, us, we had a baby eight months ago, and it feels like you know, like it would be a miracle if she slept through the night. Anybody been there, parents? You're like, it's a miracle when my baby sleeps through the night. Can you pray for us? That hasn't happened yet. We need that miracle. Or maybe you get a, an A on an exam that you didn't study for, and so it just feels like a miracle, like the supernatural power of God intervened in my lack of study, but in the fact that I need to pass this exam. It's funny how we talk about miracles. And three weeks ago, Pastor Pradeepan introduced a definition of miracles that we are going to work from today. I want to come and bring that back up. A miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature for the purpose of showing that God has acted in history. This is the definition of miracle that we're operating from today. And I want to talk today about the miraculous power of God in probably the most weird way. And this may be a little bit weird, a little bit uncomfortable for you. I'm just giving you a warning about what I'm going to talk about today. It can feel a little bit weird. And what we're talking about today is the miraculous supernatural power of God over and through the deliverance of demonic influences and dark forces in the world. We are talking about Satan and his kingdom and the demons in hell today and the miraculous power of God over that in Jesus' name, right? So it's not going to be spooky. It's not going to be weird. But I want to unpack for you something that I think could really, really impact your life and something that we need to pay attention to. And I remember growing up in my Mennonite care charismatic church. Yep. Anybody else out there got that combination? No, no, I'm the only one. Actually, somebody in first, first service raised their hand. And I was like, what? You grew up in that too? But I grew up in a Mennonite charismatic church. And I remember one time when I was probably like six or seven years old, maybe like eight-ish. And um, this lady came to our church. She was a guest and she had giant white hair and she was just like a spiritual woman. And she came to the front um, and she invited people to come to the front of the church. I'm not going to do this today, so do not freak out. She invited people to come to the front of the church and this woman just started casting demons out of people. And uh, the scriptures do that. Jesus does that in the scriptures. And this lady, she did this and she was loud and there was yelling and there was worship music playing in the background and it was 
was just like the super spiritual moment that for a seven-year-old totally freaked me out. So I ran out of the church and I went into the bathroom and I hid in the bathroom because I was super scared about what was going on with demons in the sanctuary. And I'll never forget my aunt followed me into the bathroom and she said, what's going on? Why are you crying? And I told her, I was like, I am terrified. I'm so scared. And she was, well, what are you scared of? And I was like, well, if demons are coming out of people, does that mean they're just running around the church and they're just going to come bite me? Like, I didn't know. I just didn't know what to think about this whole conversation. And I want to tell you today that the demonic world, the evil of Satan and his kingdom is nothing that we need to be afraid of, but it is something that we need to be aware of. It is something that we need to pay attention to. Our text today is in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. I want to look at this. Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Here Paul is saying, hey, you're having some struggles, you're having some battles, and I want you to understand that your battle isn't against flesh and blood, it isn't always against each other or against your circumstances, it's because there is an unseen spiritual realm that has dark forces that are coming against you. Have you ever felt like you were in a battle? You ever felt like you were fighting something, you're, you're just, you're just you got this problem or you got something happening and it just feels like no matter what you do, you can't get above it. Has that ever happened for you? It just sort of feels like maybe you're just, things are going well and it just sort of feels like something happened in it. And, and it wasn't just a circumstance, it felt like an attack on you. Like something just, something that you can't even quite put your finger on it and you can't even quite point it. Just something feels like it's coming against you. It might be that although you're doing all of the right natural things, that you're fighting a battle in the natural and the material world that actually needs to be fought in the spiritual world. Paul says, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against this material world. It's against something else. Something else is going on. And I wonder if this is happening for you. Maybe I want to I point out some examples. It might be happening where you just say, in my marriage, I feel like something has come against my marriage. We go to counseling. We read books. We go to our pastors. We pray. I just feel like something's trying to take out my marriage. Or maybe you would say, I am somebody who at times it feels like anxiety and fear just come all over me and, and I'm just under it and I can't get out from the weight of it. I don't know what it is. It just feels like something is coming against me. Or maybe for you, I'm going to share a little bit more about this. It's, it's your children. It feels like something's coming up against your children. Things are happening and, and you just can't quite get above or maybe it's sickness. Or maybe it's that you actually are doing the things of God. You're, you're doing great endeavors, but it feels like everything is just against you. You ever felt like that? It feels like something more is going on. I think some of us, you know, we thought that 
that we knew the enemy. We thought that that guy or that girl on Facebook who just always posts the most irritating things is our enemy. You ever felt like that? Or maybe you felt like your neighbor who you just can't get along with, or they have a giant loud power washer. I've preached about this before. It's our neighbor. You just feel like maybe they're your enemy or something. But no, today we're talking about a real enemy. Paul is talking about real forces of darkness that are coming against us. And again, like I said, it's nothing to be afraid of as people who are following Jesus, but it is something that Paul thought so important for the disciples to consider something is going on. And there's three things in this scripture that I want to pull out today that I think will help us. I'm going to get real practical later in the message as well to help us identify what is going on that is coming up against us. And I just think that this was so important and so crazy that Paul said, listen, this is unseen. This isn't something that you're going to always recognize is going on. This is a battle in the spiritual realm. It's kind of like, it's like unseen, right? So it's kind of like bacteria. We can't see bacteria, but when it's in our water and we drink it, it makes us sick. It has an effect on us. Or, or like carbon monoxide. You can't see carbon monoxide, but it has an effect on us if that is happening. The invisible world is just as real as the visible world. The invisible world is just as real as the invisible world. Look at, look at John 10.10. 10. The thief, another name for Satan or the enemy, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life, Jesus is saying. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and of sober mind. You know what that means? Take this seriously. Hey, disciples. Take this seriously. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. These two scriptures show us that there is a real enemy. And a real enemy is on a mission. It is on a mission. C.S. Lewis says this. There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Jesus' mission in John 10, 10, we just read, Jesus' mission was to come and bring life and life more abundantly. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came not for the healthy but for the sick. Jesus came to touch us and redeem us and make us whole. Jesus came with his miraculous power on a mission to bring us life. And the devil is on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy that. And you want to know what the devil wants more than anything else? He wants to hurt the heart of God. And you know how he does that? He messes with God's people. He messes with God's children. You are a child of God. And the enemy says, I hate God and his kingdom. I'm going to come against that by touching and messing with and putting dark and evil forces coming up against those who love God. You ever been on a mission for God and it just feels like now that I'm on a mission for God, feel like all hell broke loose? I'm going to share a story about how that happened to us here in just a little bit. But I tell you what. 
when we can identify, when we can say, oh, this is the devil. There is an unseen world. This is his mission. It helps us begin to understand who our God is and the authority that we have. I remember when we were in Cambodia. I've been working in Cambodia uh, in areas of poverty for the last seven and a half years. And I remember one day we were working um, in this village and uh, bringing just sustainable uh, attempts of clean water and jobs and things for these people that are in poverty and trying to help them. And I remember uh, one day we had done a full days of work and we went to the market that night. My boss was with me and my boss was great that whole day. She was feeling strong, doing really well. And all of a sudden she started feeling really bad and really sick. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, I don't know. She goes, I just, just don't feel well. And um, so we were at this market, and sure enough, uh, we're shopping, and my boss just collapses. And uh, I was there, and I caught her. I saved her life. Don't worry about it. Listen. <laughs> the demon's trying to get her. God sent me. Sometimes I have, you know, and so I, she just collapses and I sit her down and I, and we're just like, what, you know, what's going on? We're trying to like assess the situation. And I remember we realized we got to get her to the hospital. So we're, we're lifting her body into this small little vehicle called a tuk-tuk in Cambodia. And we're trying to get her to the hospital. I'll never forget. She said this. She said, Hey, Amrita, I need to tell you something. She said, um, Today, while we were doing our work in the village, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. I felt like he said that he was going to bless this work and that God had anointed me for this work. And I never felt really that qualified to do this, but I felt like he spoke life into me. And she said, I, I feel like what's happening right now is a spiritual attack more than it is a physical one. And I knew about this scripture in Ephesians 6 that there are dark forces coming against the kingdom of God. And so I did what we were supposed to do. We did the natural thing. We got her in the tuk-tuk. We took her to the hospital. But we also got a bunch of people who started praying. We started calling upon the supernatural work of Jesus to come in the middle of this attack and try to take out what Jesus was doing. And so we began to pray, and we began to see her come back, and Jesus restore life back into her body. You see, demons, they're on an assignment from Satan, and oftentimes they do three different things. I'm going to tell you these three different things. Number one, they will tempt you to sin. Number two, they'll distract you from God's will. And number three, they'll inflict suffering. They'll tempt you to sin. Matthew 4, 11, 4 1 through 11 talks about Jesus and how the devil tried to tempt Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, and had the audacity to tempt Jesus. Jesus hadn't eaten. He had fasted and prayed for 40 days. And he, the, the devil goes to, to Jesus and he says, turn these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. I know you're weak. I know that you need food and you want food. You see, the devil will minimize sin and maximize shame in your life. And so he says, hey, Jesus, eat this. And Jesus says, hey, man does not live by bread alone. Jesus will not be tempted. So Satan says, okay, I'm going to tempt him again. So he takes him to the highest building in the city and he says, throw yourself down. The angels in heaven should catch you. That's what you're about, right, Jesus? And Jesus says, you will not tempt the Lord your God. 
So Jesus is in this weak place. I think this happens. This is when the demons and the devil and hell will come get us. When we're tired and when we're weak, he'll poke at us. And he'll just say, hey, I know you're tired. You're at home. You're relaxing. It's okay. Just you can pull that image up on your computer. You can, you can talk badly about this person. You can mess around with someone else that's not your spouse. It's okay. And he gets us to sin. The demons get us to sin. And we make those choices. They influence us. And then this is what the devil does. He says, so you got you to sin. And he says, um, so you think you're a Christian? You think that you're a good Christian after what you just did? You, should, you shouldn't even go to church. You shouldn't even try to have Christianity a part of your life. You see how the demons in hell will maximize sin and will, will minimize sin and maximize the shame because the devil is on a mission to keep you away from the kingdom of God, to keep you away from Jesus. The second thing is that he will distract you from God's will. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, there are people who are, are sharing a false message about Jesus, a false gospel. Have you ever seen people, you know, just kind of turn away because the culture is turning away because there's compelling arguments against God, against the gospel. So you start seeing your friends, you start seeing people just pull away and start sharing things that, you know, just all roads lead to heaven. And there's just some false doctrine, false beliefs that begin to enter people's mind. The demons in hell will try to distract you away from Jesus and his truth. And the third thing is inflicting suffering. Matthew 17, 15 says, Lord, there's a, there's a man who has a son. The father says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed in that moment. The demons in hell will try to inflict suffering. This little boy had seizures, but Jesus came and he casted them out. I want to tell you today, church, that it is important, it is, it is vital that you recognize an unseen spiritual world. Because we cannot continue to fight our battles in the natural. We need to fight them in the spiritual. Amen? Number two is this. We're not on a playground, we're on a battleground. As Christians, as people who live with God's spirit inside of us, uh, we're, we're not just exempt from experiencing. In fact, I would say even more we become a target for the devil and for the enemy to try to come up against us. We're on a battleground. When's the last time you considered a battle that you're up against having demonic and dark forces behind it? When's the last time you thought about that in the battle that you're fighting? I'm not talking about the flat tire demon, okay? Like we all get flat tires. I'm not talking about the traffic. You know, some of you are sitting in traffic and you're like, there's demons all around me. 
You're just keeping me from work. You know what I mean? I remember one time I was, Pradeepan and I were dating and he had curly hair and I decided that I was going to straighten his hair with this very expensive, at the time, I don't know if they're expensive anymore, this chi straightening iron. They're ceramic straightening irons. They're expensive, so I got it for Christmas. And I just thought, I'm going to straighten my boyfriend's hair. I don't know why. You know, and so I straightened his hair. His hair was like really, really like strong and coily. So I was straightening out those those curls with my chi hair straightening iron, and it broke. And I was like, your hair broke my hair straightener. I was like, you better pray for it, right? You better pray the demons out of that hair straightener. I'm not kidding you. You guys, you know what? Actually, he did, and it came back to life. Glory to God. Glory to God. It came back to life. That's not the kind of demons I'm talking about. I'm talking about a war that we're in, and sometimes we talk about it as spiritual warfare. You know that Paul says, put on the armor of God. What do you need armor for? A war. We are not fighting physically. We're fighting in the spiritual realm. We're on a battleground. Put on the full armor of God. And you know what? We need to engage in this spiritual warfare. It's important that we engage. And there's two common mistakes that happen when we engage in the spiritual warfare that is going on around us. One is that we put too much of an emphasis on demonic influence. And the second one is that we don't put enough emphasis on the spiritual world and demonic influence. Some of us are like, everything is the demon. That demon made me eat that piece of cake. The demon did not make you eat that whole cake. The demons did not keep you from your workout yesterday. We can't blame everything on the devil. Sometimes when we make a mistake and there are consequences to our mistake, that's not the devil. It's a consequence to a mistake that we made. We live in a fallen world. It's not always the demons. It's the fallen world that we live in. Or we go to the other extreme and we say, you know what, I got it together. I got my act together. I don't know what I believe about this whole spiritual realm, this demons, you know what I mean? Like I got God and I'm not going to give anything. I'm not, I'm not going to consider the fact that there are dark forces coming up against me. We minimize. We minimize. We don't put enough emphasis on the spiritual world and the demonic forces coming up against us. You know, there's discernment that we need to practice, wisdom that we need to practice as we're fighting our spiritual warfare that's going on. You know, if you think about the battle or the problem or the struggle that you're having, I want to encourage you to do the right natural things, but also begin to call upon the miraculous name of Jesus in your battle and in your struggle. This is what Paul is saying. Hey, if you're sitting here today and you say, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling. There is a battle I feel like that I just can't quite get above. I want to tell you, you need to go talk to somebody. You need to go to counseling. You need to get the help that you need in the natural world. But you also need to get some people to begin to pray. You need to pray. You need to call upon the name of Jesus to insert himself in your struggle and in your situation. Amen. It's important to do both. I remember when we were uh, planting our church, um, that year was just really crazy. Uh, we planted the church, and man, it felt like God was breathing on something with his miraculous power. 
Man, I tell you what, it's like God was saying, hey, church, I'm going to bless you. We're doing some awesome things in the city of Bellevue. Some of you are part of that. You're part of that even today. God has been in every inch of what has happened here in our church. And Pastor Pradeepan and I are so, we were so thrilled. We were so excited. It wasn't something just the two of us could do. God in his power was incredible the year that we launched our church and still has been. But something that began to happen is that the, the devil began to attack our home. We went home and, and just weird stuff kept happening and bad things kept happening. Six months before we launched our church, you guys have heard us share this, we lost my dad to a heart attack. We lost the first immediate family member that we had ever lost before. Soon after we launched our church, we had a divorce in the family. And then one that we often talk about and have been vulnerable about is right after that, it just felt like, it felt like nothing could get worse, to be really honest. And then our son was diagnosed with autism. And it, it was awful. It was terrible. Here we saw some incredible, miraculous things going on. And at home, we were, we were truly suffering. We were suffering. The devil and, and the dark forces were inflicting pain upon our lives. And I'll never forget Joy Arona. Her family comes to our church. Joy Arona, she texted me. She said, hey, you guys haven't talked about this at your church yet. But I was just wondering, do you guys believe in spiritual warfare? Do you believe in dark forces coming up against the things that God is trying to do through you? And I remember just feeling so relieved that she, she texted us that. She was, like, trying to be careful because she's like, I don't know if they believe in this stuff. It's kind of <laughs> weird. You know, but we texted her back in, like, all caps, like, yes, all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> and I'll never forget, Joy was like, we got to start praying. The devil is coming against your family because you're committing your life to doing the work of God. So we've got to invoke the miraculous, the resurrection power of God to start coming on your behalf. And it was incredible. We're not just on a playground. We don't have a, a demon, a Satan sitting on one shoulder and an angel sitting on one shoulder. We're just talking back and forth. We're at a battleground. This is a battle. And I tell you what, Jesus is on our side. That's number three. It's important that we take authority over demonic forces in the name of Jesus. We need to exercise our authority in the spiritual realm. Those of us in Christ, those of us that have given our hearts to Jesus, we have the supernatural power of God living inside of us. And God has given us the authority to come against the evil and dark spirits and demonic forces coming against us. Look at Matthew 10.1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Luke 10.19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Romans 8.11 says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. It is important. We can do something. We can take authority over the darkness that is trying to come against us. Let me give you this example of the authority that we have 
If I were driving this big truck, I'm a Kansas girl, okay? We'll drive big trucks in Kansas. And if I was driving this big old truck in Kansas and this um, police officer on a bicycle tried to pull me over, it might be easy for me to just think, I can ignore that guy. I can outrun that guy. I'm in a big truck. He's on a little tiny bicycle, right? But I realize that this police officer has a badge that is symbolic of the authority that he has. He has the authority to pull me over, take away my license, because he has the entire police force behind him. If I don't pull over, he'll call for backup, right? Not only the entire police force, he has the government behind him to pull me over. This police officer has authority, and so too... We have authority over the darkness, over the demons, over the, the, in Satan himself, we have the authority. We have heaven backing us up. We have angels. We have Jesus Christ. You know the scripture just said, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. You have authority against the spiritual realm, the dark forces that are coming against you. Paul says, put on the armor. Get the authority. You have authority. Jesus has won the victory. You know, I think some of us were, were going around in our lives just unaware of the spiritual battle that is always happening. And we keep trying to fight our battles in the natural. When God is saying, take authority. Recognize there's an unseen world. Get your armor on. We are on a battleground. And take authority over the demons in hell. I think for some of us it's subtle. Sometimes the attacks of the enemy can happen quickly. Sometimes they're subtle and they happen over time. For some of you, it's like, it's like you're just being more isolated, more and more isolated. That's a force of the devil and the enemy coming against you. Some of you are just saying, something did wedge in my marriage. We can't quite get above it. For some of you, you feel like you're, you cannot walk away from the substance abuse and the addiction that you have. What if you began to think about this battle being spiritual? This is a battle I need to take authority over. I need to recognize that all of heaven is behind me to overcome this addiction and the abuse that I have in my life. Look at 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Some of you, your greatest battle is happening in your mind. You just battle and battle and battle and battle in your mind. And this scripture is saying, hey, take captive those demonic thoughts. Take captive that defeat that you continue to struggle with in your mind over and over. Take captive for we wage war not against flesh and blood. I love what Paul says. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty, mighty power. Here's some practical things I want you to leave today as we talk about this, this big topic and the miraculous power of God over the demons in hell. I want to give you some practical things that you can do. The first one is this. Take authority by speaking it verbally. 
Some of you need to say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the resurrection power is in me. I take authority over the sickness that is coming on my kids in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to say, I take authority over my addiction in the name of Jesus. All of heaven is behind you. You need to verbally say it. Don't just think it. You need to say it. Because when you say it, demons must flee in the name of Jesus. Here's the second thing you can do. Remind the devil of the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, the devil gets a foothold in our sin. But when you remind the devil that Jesus took sin to the cross in the name of Jesus, and that sin is buried and is dead, you can move forward victoriously. You need to remind the devil. You need to remind those demonic thoughts in your head of Jesus Christ. The third thing you can do is fight with Scripture. Hey, church, we can't afford to be illiterate in the Bible. We can't be biblical, biblically illiterate. Try saying that ten times. We need to know the Word of God. You know, when I fight for my son, I battle in the spiritual realm. I say my son is the head and not the tail. I, I speak scriptures of when Jesus touched a mute man's tongue and he could speak because my son is going to speak again someday. And I speak the word of God over my son over and over and over again. You need to start speaking the scriptures over the battles that you're facing in your life. And the last thing is this, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to put on the full armor of God. Put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. You need to invoke the miraculous power of Jesus. We've been seeing God heal people and touch people of their sickness. And did you know that that same miraculous power can begin to enter your struggle and free you? from the demonic forces that are coming up against you. This is good news. I love this quote. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Amen. We sang about it. I'm a child of God. You say who, I am who you say I am, and we are victorious. We don't have to fight for victory. You don't have to fight on the defense. You can fight on the offense. You're on the offense because Jesus has already won the battle. You know, when we were going through that year of divorce and diagnosis and death, um, I had a pastor friend say to me, I was telling her what was going on, and I had a pastor friend say to me, hey, Amrita, you guys, this is spiritual warfare. This is all-out war. You're giving your lives to this church and expanding God's kingdom and and I tell you what, she goes, this is war. She goes, you know what you need to do? You need to pray. You need to get a team of people to pray. She says, I want you to reach out to people that you guys can trust, that you can be honest with, and I want you to put them into a text group, and I want you to every week tell those people what's going on and have them pray. And you know what? I did that. I contacted 10 different people from all over in our lives, and I put them all in the same text group, and I said, hey, we need prayer. And you know what? I said, we don't want you, this group, this particular group, I'm not asking you to pray for the church. I'm asking you to pray for our family. I need prayer for our family. And I tell you what, when they began to pray for our family, things shifted. Things shifted. Our circumstances didn't change. Our kid still has autism. My dad is still gone. But you know what? We started being filled with hope. 
we were able to begin to get up and proclaim the good news of Jesus over and over and over and over again because people were warring in the spiritual realm on our behalf. Some of you need to pray. Some of you need to get a partner, a friend, a parent, or someone to pray and take authority over the things that are tormenting you in the name of Jesus. So I encourage you. I encourage you to recognize that there is an unseen world and there is a battle going on. I encourage you to get serious about it. You're on a battleground. Get your fight on. Get your authority on. I encourage you today, and I want to pray for us today. I want you to take authority, and I want to take authority with you over the, the things and the dark forces that are coming up against you. So I'm going to ask everyone to just stand, if you would, if everyone would stand up with me. Some of you, I just feel like you're saying, Amritha, I, I didn't even know that's what it was. And now that I hear this, I, I recognize, I think I'm in a spiritual battle. Some of what I'm fighting is a spiritual thing. And I'm going to ask that everyone close their eyes right now and bow your heads. And if that's you this morning and you just say, man, I'm in a spiritual battle. I need to take authority. I need, I need to fight this not the way I've always been fighting it. I need to fight it in the realm of the spirit. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift up your hand. There are hands everywhere. All over this place, there are hands. I want to pray for you. You can keep your hands up and let's just open the eyes of our hearts and let's begin to take authority. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand that is up right now. Father, I thank you that all of heaven is behind us. Lord, I thank you that we have the authority, the kind of authority, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living and alive in us. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the demons in hell that are causing torment and suffering and distraction over these people in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray. I pray, God, right now for your miraculous power. The Lord, as we walk out of here, we would say, man, things have shifted. It feels like now that we've taken authority, the victory is Jesus. Things are changing on my behalf. Oh, Father, would you come with your power and would you intervene in the most seemingly hopeless situation right now? Jesus, I thank you. We put our trust in you. We put our trust in the name above all names. And Lord, we just commit to recognizing there's an unseen realm that we need to put on our armor. God, give us discernment to know what to fight in the natural, but also how to fight in the spiritual. Lord, we just...